You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era, improv, news stories, and go on long-winded rants about our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, a little bird told me that you don't like spoilers. Oh, I fucking hate them. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) I feel like that's not really a hot take, though. (laughs) No, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, I just get very bitter about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I wanted to come on here and like have a we need to have a debate one of these times when we do a rental rant episode. But I think this is one of those like uh, immediate topics that inspired us to want to have rental rant episodes so we can just rant about things like TV shows being too freaking long. And mm-hmm. so let's definitely complain about every douchebag out there who spoils <laughs> a movie before you have a chance to watch it, especially when you've been looking forward to it. And I have like one like really, really good example that literally made me stop being friends with somebody like forever. Like I have literally never spoken to them ever. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow. See, I haven't had I haven't experienced one that bad. I have experienced one that made me like unbel like ir- irrationally angry, like where I wanted to like punch a puppy or something. Like I was just super <laughs> pissed. Um but then uh, more recently, I had uh, – well, let's just jump right into it. The fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Okay. So I'm not going to spoil nothing. But <laughs> it, it came out, like, what, two weeks ago, I think, something like that. It came out on a Friday. Now, I had to work that night. Well, first of all, we we were recording, um, and, then it, and then I had to work. Mm-hmm. So I was not going to be able to, to watch that film for at least a couple of days. By Friday night, people were spoiling it on on Facebook and social media. I'm like, dude, it literally just came out. Like, give people a chance to watch it. Like, what happened to the two-week minimum? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like... That used to be kind of an unspoken rule, I think, right? Like, give people a little bit of time to go to the movie theater or to stream it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's because people stream stuff so much. Like, that, that immediacy has just ramped up so much more than it even used to be like even recently a couple mm-hmm. years ago now it's like you can't even wait that long the, the other thing that, that i've experienced is when a lot of people watch a television show mm-hmm. like people who like to live tweet while they're watching oh, and God, and tweet that. out spoilers this is the one that made me irrationally mad was when the walking dead was like at its height now this wasn't on twitter this was on facebook i was working on uh it was a sunday night so you know i was at work Walking Dead was on. It was during the damn episode. I'm like scrolling along and I'm not going to name names, but uh, someone we both mutually know put on put on Facebook. I can't believe they're really dead. And I'm like, holy shit, who died that we know? So, of course, I click the the post and they announced that Shane died. And I'm like, fuck you, fuck you all the way. Like, seriously, I knew he was going to die because of the fucking comic book, but seriously, fuck you, dude. Like, I was so mad. Yeah, oh, God. See, it's not a spoiler anymore because that was, like, years ago. And if yeah, you're listening, no, listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, like, I'm sorry, but the two-week minimum makes sense, but, like, it's been years. Like, 
Yeah, that's been like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a statute of limitations, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and so for me, uh, like I, I never re- I, I want to talk about like the type of people who enjoy spoilers. And I kind of want to like circle back to that in a minute, because yeah. I think that there it, it's like a whole different like breed of person that is just not me. But mm-hmm. I used to spend a lot of time online reading comic book news. Anyone who has listened to any podcast that I've been on <laughs> knows that comic books are like my nerd niche. You know, like that's the thing that I freak out and nerd out about the most. Like just today, I like, you know, on my lunch break, I was stressed out. So I went to a comic book shop and I, that actually has like old back issues for like 50 cents a dollar each. And I dug through back issues and bought a bunch of like 90s image comics, you know, for spent maybe 30 bucks and walked out like you know uh, happy and carefree like that's how i like <laughs> yep. go and relieve stress i'm like ooh, they have wet works you know <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, <laughs> i love that kind of stuff I mean, anyway but I, I get super nerdy about it as well you know and so i used to spend a ton of time online looking at comic book news for new comics upcoming stuff underground comics new publishers you know, I, I used to follow a ton of websites like the Newsarama and the Comic Book Resources and the Beat and whatever, you name it. Like everyone out there, I, I followed their YouTube channel and I, I was really big into RSS feeds when Google Reader used to be a thing. And so, yeah, and my point being that with so much news out there, the only way I could like weed through all of it was the headlines. Obviously, headlines. Going back to the days of the newspaper and the magazine popularity, like you, of course you read the headline to give you an idea of whether you want to read the article. And mm-hmm. it used to be – I mean a newspaper is there to tell you the news. You want the headline to tell you the story in like 10 words or less, or, you know. Um, but if it's like a magazine or something, like you, the whole idea is to entice you in to like read it, give you a little little teaser, a little of like, oh, I can't believe they did this on popular TV show, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that used to be the way that the that the headlines were. It would just be like, you know, new writer on Batman or whatever, and like, oh, okay, I'm I'm interested in that. Well, not specifically because I don't really care about Batman, but you know, like that, <laughs> right, that, right. that would that would be like the format of the headline, or you would have in like brackets where it'd be like redacted in the headline. And that I I was a big fan of that, you know, like, Oh, I can't believe, you know, they introduced redacted in the new series, you know, whatever. And then you'd get interested and check it out. So you had the opportunity to click through. And if you clicked through, like you did with the walking dead, it was like, (laughs) now you were in like murky territory, you know? And if there was a spoiler, it could be super annoying, but at the same time, it's like, well, you did click through, you know, like right. you, you took the bait, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> right. but over time, it got to the point where there just was no redacted. There was no tease. It was just it would be right in the headline. So I'd be scrolling my RSS feed, looking at headlines of like hundreds and hundreds of headlines from dozens of websites. And it would just be like, you know, you know, oh, I can't believe they killed Green Arrow again or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. come on. Like, it's in the are you kidding in the headline in the headline? Seriously? Like, I'm just I, I didn't even read your article. I'm just scrolling, looking for like what I want to click on. And, and it's ridiculous. You know, it's like in YouTube, it would be like, you know, giving giving the whole spoiler away, like in the thumbnail, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah. the, that's the, you know, the equivalent here. Like, don't show me the the the, the M. Night Shyamalan twist, or whatever, in the thumbnail. Like, <laughs> give me a second, you know, geez. Absolutely. 
oh god it's just it's so frustrating it's so frustrating so i to the point where i had to stop i just don't read comic book news anymore there's like yeah. two websites that have the like etiquette the courtesy to not just spoil everything in the headlines and i just go to those two websites and those two websites are getting my traffic and getting my clicks and getting my you know my ad revenue probably because they're the only ones who are respectful enough to give me the news without the 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 sensationalist clickbait bullshit of like just you know ah, everyone's gonna come and click here if we tell them so-and-so died you know right well, and that's the, and that's the thing. I think you, you nailed it on the head, it's, especially when it comes to sites. It's all about clicks. It's all about, you know, they're they're going to make money per click, you know, so they want you to click that link. They want you to click that article, you know, however, however it works out. I think it's like what, like a half a cent or some, some fraction of a cent for sure. so many clicks, you know, whatever that those advertising dollars are, the way that all works out. But you know, so they're they're doing it on purpose. The the thing that gets to me is like the social media, like the people on social media who it's like you clearly love this property, you are a fan of this property. Why do you want to ruin the story for other people who also love this property? <laughs> that yeah. drives me insane. And I get it. There are people out there like like my mom or my sister who they don't give two shits about spoilers. They, it will not impact their liking or dislike of a property. And I know those people exist. That, like you said, that ain't me. <laughs> like, I I want to go in as, as uninformed as I can. And there's two reasons for that. One, I like to try to see if I can figure out where it's going. I really do. Like, I, I sometimes I love it mm-hmm. when, a, when a story can utterly surprise me and not do that whole, like, left field just for left field bullshit but it makes sense to the story i love that like like i said before with Mm -hmm. red state that's one of my favorite things when you can you can throw me a curveball that fits into the plot perfectly oh dude i'm all i'm all about it i love it but i like to try to figure it out along the way so there's that and i like being surprised i like a surprise (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm a fan of a surprise So when, you know, when I'm watching a TV show and I fall a couple of weeks behind because I have a full time job and I'm a dad and I have a bunch of other responsibilities and I don't have, you know, a regulated schedule. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people out there like me who don't have the same schedule week to week. So we don't have time to devote every week to being able to watch a new property. You know, when you're watching something and you're invested and you fall a couple of episodes behind and someone watches it and they're like, hey, by the way, did, what did you think when such and such happened? It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, just stop doing that shit. Yeah, I don't it's know. just it's so frustrating. I don't know how the hell I avoided uh, spoilers for both Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. But somehow I did. I was I like, yeah, granted, the first season of Mandalorian, I did have, uh, you know, the existence of Baby Yoda spoiled for me because. I was a few episodes behind, like, I should say a few weeks behind. Like, I didn't get to start until it was out for a couple of episodes. And I saw everybody on social media. Oh, my God, Baby Yoda. So I'm like, well, I guess there's a Baby Yoda in The Mandalorian. (laughs) Same here. But that's the only thing that got spoiled for me, which was amazing. Now, Book of Boba Fett was a close call because I had two friends just blurt out stuff to me, like, literally a day or two after I watched it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. come on, dude, I told you I was waiting to watch it. 
<laughs> so that irritated me. And like that shit happens all the time where it's like, and I get it. You're excited. You want to talk about it. But if it's still relatively new, give people a chance or the the two week minimum. I totally agree with like, give people at least two weeks. But if you're talking to someone, you know, and they specifically say, Hey, I'm not going to be able to watch this for X amount of time. I'll, I'll, you know, shoot you a message once I see it. Don't, don't, don't jump the gun. Don't spoil it for them. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, it's as easy as like when I used to work in an office with other folks and I work from home now for my day job, but when I used to work in an office, you know, we would, we had like those water cooler conversations, you know, for us, it wasn't the water cooler. It was, you know, it was the, the break room or my buddy Justin's desk. We would all just congregate and hang out. And they at least had the courtesy of like, you know, there was a group, group, group of people who mostly were just watching stuff as it came out. And so it was like the very next day they'd come in and they would want to talk about it. And if I was there or if there was someone else in the group that wasn't like one of their core, like, you know, you know, first airing watcher, you know, people, they had, they had the courtesy to be like, Hey, wait, have you seen it yet? Hey, wait, have you seen it yet? You know? And then if, if I said no, they'd be like, cool. And they would talk about it later. And when I went to lunch and like, just change the subject and move on to the next thing, like no big deal. Um, Like you said before, I like surprises. To me, the surprise or the plot mm-hmm. twist is a huge part of what I enjoy about storytelling. Sometimes it's just a good, satisfying, like, three-act structure that you get to watch the, the arc of a story. But, like, you need conflict to make it interesting. Right. And surprises are like a form of conflict. It's like a, oh, I bet you didn't see that coming, you know, and that's exactly what I want in a good show. To your point, it's usually good when there's some kind of a like a Deus Ex Machina sucks, right? You don't want bullshit yeah. coming out of left field. But like when it's something where it's like it legitimately fits into the story and it makes sense, but you didn't see it coming. I love that. Because oh, just like yeah. you, I understand how story structure works. So I see shit coming miles off, you know, like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> not that it's not, not that it's, you know, hard to surprise me because I, I love getting caught off guard, but it's like, it has to be one of those really good shows. Like Mandalorian was like a high quality show, you know, not yeah. just, not just any bullshit on Netflix is going to, you know, catch me off guard because they, they, they telegraph these things, you know, usually so much <laughs> big time. It, it, well, it, see, for for me, I, I deal with this a lot, too, because because I work nights, you know, I'll be at work while everyone else is sleeping. So then the next day, while everyone's up and talking about it, it's like it's and I'm I'm a part of a lot of group texts. So it's very easy for just a conversation to kind of go off the rails and, and like a spoiler to get mentioned or dropped. And it's like and again, I don't fault people when it's it's you can tell it's organically part of the conversation and not just like a ha ha like. I can't believe blah happened. And like, you know, maybe they forgot I was part of the group, you know, that kind of a thing. But it's just irritating to always feel like you're behind and have Mm -hmm. no means to catch up because you have so many other responsibilities to handle before you can watch it. Like, you know, I'm almost envious of people who have like such a rootinous schedule where they can be like, all right, on this night, I'm going to watch this show, you know, where I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so. It's really hard. Like, I'll be like, all right, on my next night off, I'm going to, like, try to binge as much as I can you know, <laughs> and catch up, which is what I did with the Book of Boba Fett. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad I did, because literally a day after finishing it, I had two separate friends mention, like, just blurt out two big moments from the show. And it's like, 
had I not caught up, I would have been pissed. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I, and I get so, you know, and it just ruins it for me. When you ruin the surprise, it just ruins my entire enjoyment of the show to the point oh, where yeah. it's like, well, now I don't want to even want to watch it anymore because, yep. you know, like it's enjoyable when I can like figure out what's coming. Cause it's a satisfying, it's like answering a trivia question. It's like, Ooh, I bet yeah. this is going to happen. It's like, but I still enjoy it because I didn't know what was happening. You know, it's like, does anyone enjoy reading a novel when you tell them how it ends first and then say, there you go. Enjoy the read. I'm like, I don't want to read this freaking novel. Now you, you told me the ending. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> exactly. what's, the, what's the point? Right. Well, that's like, I, I think the, the best example of that that's happened to me is with the film Quarantine. When that came out back in like what, like 2006 or 2005, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was, it's forever ago now. Um, but when that movie was in theaters, I was looking very much forward to, to going and seeing it. I was like, you know, this looks cool. I want to check it out. And one of my coworkers who never watched horror movies, she was very excited to talk to me about it. And she was like, you know, like, oh my God, did you see Quarantine yet? And I'm like, no, 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 it, it just came out. I'm working this weekend. I'm going to go see it on Tuesday, you know, but. I'm looking forward to it because this was like on a Saturday it came out on Friday. She went to go see it that night with her friends and was talking to me on Saturday about it. And she's like, Oh, I, I won't ruin it for you. But like, Oh my God, I can't believe that the main girl like actually doesn't live. Like they killed what? her. I couldn't. And I looked at her. I said, how does that not spoil anything? She's like, Oh, well, I didn't tell you everybody else who dies. And I'm like, are <laughs> you serious? The main character. <laughs> I was so pa- I literally did not watch that movie for like seven years. Out of spite, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I was just, I was angry with the film. Like I actually ended up watching the Wreck movies before I watched Quarantine, the original ones that they're based on. <laughs> because I was like, fuck that movie. <laughs> I was so mad about it. And I mean, granted, when I finally did watch it, I enjoyed my time, but I knew what was going to happen. So I'm like, well, why the fuck do I care? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've gotten to the point now where like, I don't like watching trailers. I don't like watching the little descriptions of movies they put up on like Netflix. I don't even like, I don't even like what I only, I won't even read the blurb on the back of a novel. I I will not. I refuse to even read the blurb on the back of a novel. Um, because there has been so many, maybe not even spoiler, but it's like they give so much of the story away. And even with yeah. movie trailers, I've gotten to the point now where I'll watch the first like 20, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And if it looks cool, I turn it off. And yep. it's hard because it's like, oh, I want to see more of this. And it's like, no, I'm going to see more of it when I watch the movie. And then I get to be surprised and I get to see all the twists and turns. And like, because now in the movie trailers, it's like all the guest stars, all the cameos, all the mm-hmm. twists. It's like they just give everything away in the trailer. Yeah, like with trailers, there 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 are some trailers that are are created in such a way. Like, okay, I know you said you don't watch trailers, but the trailer for Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie, that's how you do a trailer. Because... Mm-hmm it gives you a general feel of what the movie is about mm-hmm. and you don't know shit. <laughs> like you're yeah. still going in blind at that. I was so happy. The only other one I can think of that did that to me. Well, there's two heredity and midsummer. The trailers oh, yeah. for both mm-hmm. of those didn't tell you dick. Like they just gave you a general sense of like foreboding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like there was some shit going down. Like that. This one is really dark looking. That one is very summery and happy looking. But you don't know anything about the story. So it was you still got to go into the movie blind. And I love that. But then 
you have other films, like you said, where they literally give you, you know, like, and, and also including this actor. And it's like, well, that would have been cool to have a surprise, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I purposely didn't watch the Scream 5 trailer until they started showing it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, avoiding it on social media. I was avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. And then I forgot what movie I went to go see. I went to go see a movie with Maurice, and it was like, oh, shit, that's a Scream 5 trailer. All right, well, I guess I'm watching it now because it's in the fucking movie theater. Um, and and thankfully, they were pretty good about not giving away too much. But they still gave away a little too much. Um you know, same thing with like Halloween Kills, like when that was coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah. The trailer gave away just a little too much. And it just, yeah, it bugs me, man. Like, and, and I get it. Like, you're trying to get asses in seats and, and the more sensational you are, the I guess the better that works. But maybe we're a dying breed. <laughs> I, well, I don't know, man, because like I haven't seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, but I saw the trailer. And for me, like if I can get to the end of a trailer, then mm-hmm. it means that. I don't feel like they're giving too much away. I feel like, okay, I'm just kind of enjoying the vibe, right? They're giving me the vibe of the movie, like you said, with Hereditary, right? Uh, yeah. Where, and again, I watched the trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's like, I don't, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, but I don't feel like I know what the movie's about. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I was given a vibe, and yet it still looked cool. It still looked creepy. I still want to watch it, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, because that's what the trailer is supposed to do. It's supposed to tease you into wanting to see the movie so you can find out what happens, right? To me, that the, this is a good segue into, like, the type of person who loves spoilers, and I, I don't understand these people at all. Like, I, I it's like I can understand, you know, people with other points of view, like mm-hmm. religious or political or whatever, but I cannot understand <laughs> the people who just – they want to know everything about the movie before they go and see it or the book before they read it or the TV show before they – whatever, they see it. Yeah. And you know, the people who, you know, they, they are picking the trailer apart, they're making YouTube videos or watching YouTube videos where they're just like going through the trailer like bit by bit by bit. They're looking up all the trivia on IMDb and reading all like the, you know, the, the, the trade news about all oh, this person got cast as this character. And they're looking at like, oh, there's like photographs from like the, you know, the film scene that like paparazzi took and they're looking at those. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I get that like you're you have this insatiable curiosity and I understand what that is like to have that type of curiosity where you're like, I just I have to know. But mm-hmm. like, do you not want to be entertained by the movie when it comes out? Because I don't see how you can be. How can you be entertained by a movie where you already know everything that's going to happen or, you know, pretty close to it because you just like you made it this research project. Right. You know? Like I, I I, dude, I, I don't understand that at all. And and like, yeah, I mean, the, the whole spoiler personality, it's funny because like sometimes it extends outside of just like media. I, I find that those those are usually the type of people that don't want to wait for a surprise. Like yeah. they want to know what they're getting for Christmas before Christmas. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. Again, because, I like, don't understand that. My, my, <laughs> my, sis, my sister's like that. I mean, I love her to death, but she's like, she's like I don't want to wait for the surprise. I'm like, but, but why? The surprise is fun. Like. So, yeah, it definitely is a personality type like you, you know, the wanting to be surprised versus like, give me, give me, give me, give me it all right now. Like that insatiable, like curiosity is is almost overwhelming, but not for me. For me, I purposely will drag stuff out like like I was telling you before, like with Cobra Kai and like um, the season one of The Mandalorian and several other shows, I could sit and binge him. Sure. But I'm like, you know what? No. 
I'm going to piecemeal it. I'm going to watch one episode while I'm on the treadmill. When the episode is over, I'm going to stop it and get off the treadmill and then go, you know, go about my day. And I'm, I'm going to save the next episode for tomorrow. And like, <laughs> God bless my one coworker, because I know she was dying to talk to me about Cobra Kai season four. And she she binged it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my time. She's like, oh, come on. <laughs> but but she did she waited until i was completely done before we talked about it um but yeah it's like i sometimes like to draw that that surprise out and be like you know it's really intriguing i i like what's happening but you know what i had enough i i sated i sated my uh my curiosity for today let me let me have some for tomorrow as well and mm-hmm. it, it, it might be as simple as different personality types but Man, I fucking hate spoilers. I really do. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I understand that that desire to like savor a part of the story. Like, you want it to you want it to last a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, before I, t- I tell the story about the the friend who is no longer my friend. Um, <laughs> well, so I, I'm a big fan of the Wheel of Time. Um, as anyone who knows me personally knows, oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the Wheel of Time, the book series. I have a Wheel of Time. Not a Wheel of Time tattoo. I have a Wheel of Time inspired tattoo. We'll put it that way. But like, uh, you know, it's at that level. And I've read the series multiple times. I've been into it since I was in middle school. And uh, just I used to just obsess over it. It was a big, big part of my life. Uh, and and it's it's been almost like it's over now. It's like oh, there's like this empty this empty place in my life. <laughs> uh, I filled it with you know, a Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones you know, for a while too. Which you know for a while there it was like I don't know it might be almost as good. But um, mm-hmm. I love the Real Time TV show. I'm not bringing this up to mention the TV show, even though it is good. And I, and I would love to talk about it another time. Maybe we could do an episode on like complaining or not complaining about like adaptations that change a whole lot of stuff, you know, mm. uh, that'd be, it might be an interesting rant to go on. Um, anyway, Absolutely. I really like the TV show, but the point is that the ending of the wheel of time was spoiled for me. And I was so fucking pissed. I mean, when I say I was pissed, I want you to understand that that last book came out. I was in my thirties and I, I don't remember the exact year off the top of my head, but I started reading it when I was in the sixth grade. So yeah. like, what, 12 years old, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And so more than 20 years waiting to see how the series ends. It's like 15 books long. Tons of like, you know, there's like other stuff, supplemental material and short stories and all this stuff. And I had to, I learned a lesson, a life lesson <laughs> from that because I was listening, reading the books way back in the 90s. And so the early days of the internet, like, you know, chat rooms and Usenet and things like that. And that's where people would go and talk about their fan fandoms. Mm-hmm. And so I was involved. I was a part of the Wheel of Time community. And there was this uh, group, uh, I think it was called Theoryland, um, that eventually evolved into this other website and eventually Dragon Mound, which is the official like website. And people who were a part of that Theoryland uh, community back then actually ended up eventually working on the show on the tv show uh and that's that's part that's part of why some of it some of it is really really loyal to the to the books like there are certain concepts that like had to go in because you know the the people who are like lifelong fans of the book series got to work on it um but you know so we used to read theories on the website and it was always sometimes they were wild and crazy sometimes they were not and they, they weren't really theories 
in in the sense of the word like of like oh i bet you this is going to happen most of it was like well you know it was piecing it together and creating a sort of like wiki of like stuff you know from the books uh Mm -hmm. or explaining like oh well this character is based on this like mythological figure and kind of explaining what how, how they figured that out and it was really interesting well fast forward years years later and uh the author robert jordan passes away and Brandon Sanderson, now you know, super famous for his own very, very prolific work, especially uh, the Stormlight Archive. But you know, he really rose to fame uh, finishing the Wheel of Time series. And mm. um, during the time period before those last three books came out, which was originally supposed to be one book, and then it was broken up into three books and expanded because there was just like so much material left in Robert Jordan's notes. During that time period, that theory when website had just blew up like people were just it still existed in like a different format and people were just going crazy thinking about oh how's it gonna end how's it gonna end how's it gonna end and i had been a part of this community for like 20 years or you know maybe not quite that long but and it, and it, it didn't like dawn on me that i needed to get out you know like get yeah. out before somebody successfully figures out the end of the story or some big twist like someone goes hey i wonder this you know i bet you this is going to happen and if they're correct it's going to be like oh it'll be heartbreaking because right. that's exactly what happened oh no oh, exactly <laughs> what and it was and it actually happened twice there was one fact that came out about a very very important character that one person in the theory was like you know what i bet you that it's this you know and mm. um i bet you varin is blah 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 and i was like oh you motherfucker that makes so much sense like <laughs> god damn it like if that's not real then i don't i, I can't I can't, like, I can't put the logic together of how you don't do that like jordan must have been planning it this way because this logic is so perfect it makes so much sense so i was annoyed but it wasn't like the biggest secret it was like a side character secret but i'm talking the main character because going back to the 90s robert jordan famously in every interview you know all over the early internet book signings he would tell the story about how you know he was writing conan novels and romance novels and he got this book deal to do this fantasy series and part of the how he got the deal to do the series was that he sat down and he explained to the editor i had this idea for this fantasy book this is how it begins and this is how it ends and based on the strength of the ending he gave him like a three book deal that turned into a six book deal. It turned into like an open-ended book deal, you know? And it was, <laughs> it was the strength of like, I have this perfect, amazing twist ending. It's going to blow everyone away. And it's, and the editor like believed in him. Like, yes, this is amazing. Like what a way to end a book. And so he was teasing that for decades, you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, what is the ending? What is it? Like, so of course, some smart ass bastard, <laughs> But, you know, I, I can't blame him, right? Because we were all in there doing it to each other. He yeah. goes in the he goes in the theory land or whatever, they, whatever the format of the website was at that time. I can't remember because it's shifted names so many times. He goes in and he's like, hey, there's this one scene in like the third book. And there's this other scene in like the 10th book. And like they didn't seem like they were connected. But I wonder if they are connected. And if they are, then that means that this has to happen at the end. And I bet you that's what happens with x main character in like the big finale and it was just like all the dominoes fell you know like everything Aww. just clicked in the, and i'm like oh my god that makes so much sense like oh my jesus christ i can't believe you said that and then 
I have to wait for three books to come out, the Rob, the Brandon Sanderson books over the span of like three years. And every time I'm just like, I have this theory, like as again, it's like a brain worm in my head. And I'm like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Find that last book comes out and I'm savoring it. This is what made me think about it. Cause I was like, I would read like a chapter or two a day and then put it away. It took me like three weeks to finish that book. Cause I've been waiting for it for so long and I was just going to savor it. Like I wanted to read a little bit and like, catch every nuance and every piece of feedback and or foreshadowing and go back and like read it again and i got to the ending and that motherfucker was right (laughs) and it was stuck in my brain so the surprise was gone because i knew it was coming and i'm like god damn it like ah that sucks decades waiting for that book to come out (sighs) oh dude i would have been so pissed salty it was like 10 years ago and i'm still salty Yeah, I, mean, I can't blame you because I, yeah, I would have been, well, I, I should, told you what happened with quarantine and that wasn't even something I was waiting for. <laughs> that was just like, hey, that movie looks good. Fuck it. I'm not watching it for seven years now on a spot. Yeah, fuck that. And what's funny is I've read the series like over and over and over again, but I've only read that last book once. Because <laughs> I'm just like, the wound is still fresh after a decade. It's like so one of these days I'm going to go back and read the series again and I'm going to enjoy it, but it's still fresh. <laughs> I'm still sad about it. But um, oh man! So that brings me to the Force Awakens. Oh boy! The Force Awakens, I think, for a lot of people, was was their their wheel of time. It was it was the 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 movie or the series in Star Wars that people were looking forward to forever for years, mm-hmm. right? Especially especially after that Disney deal. But even years ago, George Lucas had talked about doing more movies, right? Episode 7, Episode 8, Episode 9, all the way back to the 80s. And there was novels written about him. And people were speculating and theorizing forever. And then Disney takes over and they announce they're going to make them. And it's like people could not stop talking about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And it was so hard to avoid, so hard to avoid spoilers. You know, I wish I didn't know that, you know, Harrison Ford was going to be in it. I wish I didn't know that, you know, some of the other old, older characters were going to come back, like, you know, even Chewbacca, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even now, all these years later, it's almost like, spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this was the one, right? So, again, spoiler alert. I mentioned I mentioned you know, Harrison Ford, Han Solo, right? Han Solo uh, uh, dies, unfortunately, in The Force Awakens. And... The day it came out, the day it came oh, out, no. Christine and I had tickets. We knew we were going to have to pre-order tickets like the day of release. At the time, I was working with people who were not as respectful as my other coworkers, and I knew that I could not go to work the next day. Like if I didn't see it opening day, I was going to have to call in and like turn the internet off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it was like it was such a big. The hype was was unreal, and. Yeah, the day it comes out, we have tickets for like, I don't know, 3 p.m. or something. And Christina, luckily it wasn't ruined for me because she was nice enough to not ruin it for me. But it was ruined for her because she just literally were like about to leave for the theater. And she's like, you know, oh, checking Facebook because, you know, her sister posted something or whatever. And as she's like scrolling, looking for the, you know, the post from her, you know, from her family member, it's. This person who I will not name, who is our friend, you know, she's scrolling Facebook hours after the movie came out and he's like, no spoilers, no nothing, just in his feed. Oh, I can't believe they killed, they killed Han Solo. That's crazy. 
oh dude like are you fucking nuts dude what the hell is wrong with you are you it's not it's one thing to walk out of the movie theater and like say it too loud in the parking lot which happened to another friend of mine who was literally walking into the movie theater when someone walking out spoiled it by talking too loud Mm -hmm. but like to go on facebook and like it's it's, it's almost as bad as that live tweet you know what i mean but it's like This is like the Star Wars. It was like the the movie event of the decade. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I would have been fucking furious. I, see, now that's a good example of one I do not know how I avoided spoilers for. Because I couldn't see it opening weekend. Um, I was working the entire weekend and there was just no way I could I could get to see it. And I went to go see it. I think it was like the following Wednesday. So it had been out for like a week. By the time I got to see it and somehow avoided all spoilers. Now, granted, I stayed like pretty much off of social media altogether (laughs) because I'm like, people are going to spoil it. People are going to spoil it. Mm -hmm. And anytime anyone mentioned Star Wars in my presence, I got really loud. Like, I didn't see it yet. Shut up. (laughs) You know, just because I was so worried someone was going to spoil something for me. And, uh, I mean, I had my suspicions with with Harrison Ford only because I knew from, you know, my obsession with the original trilogy back when I was in high school that Harrison Ford had said many, many, many times he wanted Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. Like he had been vying for his character's death since Empire. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I had my suspicion that if he agreed to come back and he's old man Han there's a good chance they're going to kill him. So I had, I, I did go in with that thought in my head. So I wasn't like shocked when they did it. I was sad when they did it, but I wasn't like, Oh my God, I can't believe they did it. It was like, yeah, I kind of thought he was going to do that. <laughs> you know? So um, now the, the other characters like we, you know, we, we won't go, this isn't going to be a star Wars episode, but the other characters, I wasn't shocked that they died after Han died. You know, it's like yeah, once that yeah. happened, it was like, all right, well, it feels like the floodgates are open. They're just, you know, goodbye, legacy characters. Hello, new characters type of thing. Yeah, um, just going for, going for it. Yeah. But one of these days we will have to have our, our Star Wars rant where I, I do feel like we're going to be on opposing <laughs> sides. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because I know we've we've discussed a little bit, but uh, um, it, it's it is. I will just preface it by saying this. My dislike of certain aspects, I'm glad that there exists a fan base still, because as an, a, a lifelong lover of all things Star Wars, I'm glad it exists still. <laughs> like, I'm glad nothing has happened to take it down. So, yeah, I even if it wasn't for me, I'm happy it exists. Yeah, I think so. I think we we, we might disagree because I think that we probably have the same feeling, but about different like installments you know what I yes. mean? where it's like i like one that you don't like and you like one that i don't like um yeah. and i was never a huge like obsessive star wars fan and i know you were like in fact no. i'm i remember in the early days of our friendship like you telling me so much about star wars and i was like i had no idea that there was that there was all this other stuff i, had, I didn't even know <laughs> oh yeah i i went to like an obsessive point of fandom in my teen years where like, and, and I don't even know what, what triggered it. It was one of those things where it was like, I started getting back into Star Wars and like trying to find old vintage toys at flea markets. 
And then in 95, the Power of the Force line came out and I started collecting like extensively everything Star Wars toys. Um, and then it was like I started reading the novels and playing all the video games and I got really into the expanded universe. <laughs> like <laughs> I was listening to like audio dramas that were like recorded over in you know, over in Europe. Like I was all about freaking, uh, you know, Star Wars back in the day. So I, I yeah, it was like I was as obsessive as, about Star Wars as I am now with horror. So anyone who knows oh, me, yeah. like, oh man, I was that level. Like I, I knew like alien species types. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's how I was with the Wheel of Time. Honestly, like I was just as obsessed with the Wheel of Time, specifically that series, as I was with like comics in general. Like I'm the guy, you know, who knows all the names of all the, you know, thousands of characters and where they're from and what country they are you know, yeah. or what, what, you know, like what, you know, uh, what clothing they wear, what the flag looks like in the country that they're from and like what the history is and, you know, what empire they used to belong to and what kind of <laughs> weapons they use. And, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I know all that stuff and all the references to who, what all the characters are based on. And, uh, you know, I know all kinds of like anecdotes about Robert Jordan himself or his real name is actually Jim Rigney. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I know entirely too much cause I just obsessed over those books for those decades yeah. only, only to have it fucking ruined by some anonymous <laughs> smart <laughs> Alec <laughs> and right back to the spoilers. No, ser- seriously though. Like I, I think we've all experienced that at one point or another with a spoiler and it, it's, it's just, it's that question of like, why, why do people feel that need to do it? And I, I wonder if it's the same type of need for like people who comment first on on videos and oh, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like almost like it's just this like, ha ah, I win. Like if it's that type of a mentality where it's like, I, I got to say it like I don't understand what drives people to say it. Because one of the things like whenever I talk about a new property, the first thing I always ask is like, have you seen it yet or are you going to see it? Because there's a lot of times like especially with you, like where you and I will be talking about something I'm like you know, have you seen this yet or are you going to? And a lot of times you're like, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it and <laughs> and vice versa where you're like, hey, are you going to read this? And I'm like, probably not. And you'll tell me about it. So that's fine. But it's like, it's like getting consent to spoil first. Exactly. You know? Consent is important, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you've learned anything. <laughs> Don't just go ahead and spoil all over the place. <laughs> oh, just spoiling all over. <laughs> Oh man, no. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, this is this has definitely been a rant and not like a debate, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely I want I want to do we do that Star Wars topic or some other topic where we can we can fight. <laughs> <laughs> right, round one, fight. Hey, or you know, I I know I know that maybe you don't disagree with you, disagree with me quite as much, so maybe we can have a guest sometime. But like you know, I've mentioned it a lot that I'm a big fan of '90s comics. I just mm. have like a nostalgic love for like the early days of the image, and like I know that a lot of it isn't like good <laughs> necessarily. Oh, yeah. But like, like objectively not very, like, is it well-crafted? I mean, probably not, but like, I just love it because it's badass, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's like how, why I love Josh the Revenge. Like, is it a good <laughs> movie? I mean, no, but is it like a fucking amazing, like kick-ass thrill ride? For me, it is, you know, like right. I, I love it because it's just, it's just rad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I would love to have an episode where I could, we could, just like we did with Jaws the Revenge, because that was a blast. Oh, um, yeah. I'd love to just bring up a topic like, like Rob Liefeld, for example, I will defend Rob Liefeld all day as a former 
hater for a period of time, mm-hmm. I will just, you know, I will defend the hell out of him and, and anybody from that era that got shit on for years for their like, you know, style over, you know, substance uh, type yeah. of uh, comic book art style, you know, that was all flash and, you know, uh, and no, uh, you know, nothing to back it up. And, you know, I'll defend it all day long that, you know, yeah. he can, he can draw feet. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, I'm that way with McFarlane. Like, yeah. I don't care that that every single human he draws has a shark mouth with, like, way too many teeth and that people's arms do not bend that way. I don't care. I will defend him all day long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I see the flaws and they don't matter to me. Exactly. Yeah, it's like when we were talking on Count Creepyhead and uh, you, you guys were, were uh, dubbing me Longbox and coming up with, like, an interesting, <laughs> like, you know, superhero story. I threw in the the thing where it's like i have to always pose with both like my chest and my ass showing at the same time somehow (laughs) which is totally like a that's a mark Silvestri like uh (laughs) like signature like look at any like cyber force comic or or witchblade or the darkness or his like x-men and wolverine stuff at marvel somehow he always twists usually the ladies because he's like well you got to see the boobs and the ass at the same time and it's like bodies don't work that way but it looks (laughs) really cool So, so many times I I can picture it in my head, Psylocke or what was it? Zealot from the Wildcats? Zealot from the Wildcats. Yeah. 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 I can picture them doing the jumping, like the both arms out, legs tucked up under their ass, but hips twisted to the side so much that you can see the crack of their ass while seeing (laughs) both boobs. Like I can, I can see that image. (laughs) <laughs> yep and that's side blade from cyber force yep. and you know yes. and like rip riptide from young blood and you know it's just all of them oh but my yeah, god i love all that stuff that was like one of my quarantine projects i'm like you know i'm gonna buy all those old image comics and like trade paperback and omnibus collections and get all the single issues and that's <laughs> i mean why i don't i don't know <laughs> fun <laughs> but you know d- defending stuff like i, I know we're, we're, we're running long and we got to start wrapping things up but real quick um th- this is for anyone out there that does listen to the boogeyman's closet we we do have the the patreon and we have a patron episode that is all about the new texas chainsaw so huge spoiler warning right at the right at the beginning it's one of those like you don't have to listen to it you know you give you time go watch the movie before you listen to it but one of the things that i defend in this new Texas chainsaw is everyone was expecting it to be great. And my question is why <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be great. I'm expecting well, it to be sleazy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So many people I know that were hating on it and, and, spo- and spoiling all over Facebook because they hated it so much. They were just throwing spoilers out there. My thing is why other than part one and two, can you name me a good entry into the franchise? And I know some people will argue 2003. I get it. That's fine. I liked it, too, for the first time I watched it. Um, it wasn't until future watchings that I started picking it apart and realizing just how big some of the flaws are. I love the cast in that movie. I love what they did with that movie. I'll say it's watchable, but it's got major flaws. Um, every other entry past part two, it's either watchable or it sucks. They're none of them are good. <laughs> like they're all crazy schlock fests, you know, like mm-hmm. Leatherface, uh, Texas Chainsaw 4, the 2003, the prequel to 2003, the 2013 re- like requel, whatever you want to call it. 
fucking 2018 prequel. <laughs> like they're entertaining, but they're not good movies. So I went into this going like, yeah, okay, there's going to be a lot. I'm going to hate, I'm sure. And it, yeah, there, there's a huge glaring flaw. Like, well, there's two, but one in particular kind of breaks the movie, but it was a fun ride. Like I had a blast with how silly and stupid it was <laughs> very much like the Jaws four argument. It was just very yeah. <laughs> fun. And like, there are things they do in that movie that like, I was kind of cheering at because <laughs> it was so crazy and over the top, but you know, so I, I know we're getting off on a little tangent, but that's one of those things where it is easy to defend something even if you can see major flaws. <laughs> like, we just talked about 90s comics, how human bodies don't bend that way, but we still love those comics. So it's like, you, you can you can see the flaw and defend it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. But you also, have, and we mentioned it on the, the Jaws, uh, the Revenge episode of Billy Man's Closet, too, that, like, you have to understand where the bar is set when you're going in. You know, yes. like no one is going to make Schindler's list about Leatherface. Like that's just, it's never <laughs> going to be that quality of a movie. So you should not expect it. You know, no. like you're watching a movie. Okay. The title of the movie is Texas <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre. Like, are you expecting like an auteur cinema? <laughs> like what, what, what do you, what do you, what is your, where's the bar? You know, and to me, the bar is set very, it's at, it's at, it's in the schlock slot of the, exactly. of the, like, you know, uh, the, the limbo, you know, uh, limbo pole. It's just, it's pretty low uh, and pretty <laughs> trashy and pretty sleazy, but like, so like it's, it can still be fun, you know? Right. Um, and, Real, real quick, I just have to there's there's one little thing I want to tack on uh, defending horror movies is one of the things I hate is when people are like, well, it didn't scare me. Well, if you're not afraid of the topic, why would you expect it to scare you? And I use this example all the time because people are like, you know, oh, my God, the, the, the Saw movies are so, so scary. Oh, my God, they're so scary. But I thought Paranormal Activity was boring. And it's like, OK, yeah, I agree with you on Paranormal Activity. But my point is, if ghost movies don't scare you. Why would you expect these to scare you just because they're popular? You know, like fear is subjective. There are yes. things that are going to scare the shit out of me that are not going to scare anyone else. Like we talked about this on the dolls episode of Boogeyman's Closet and, and also nostalgic fear. That's a whole thing, too. But oh, yeah, I have a nostalgic fear of dolls like little baby dolls and porcelain dolls. They freak me the fuck out. Like, can I be in a room with them now as a grown adult and not get scared? Yes. Will they still give me the willies? Of course. You know, but like I'm going to show the movie Dolls to somebody who's going to be like, that's fucking dumb. Whereas to me, I'm like, oh, my God, this gave me so many nightmares, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like if you're not afraid of clowns, why would a clown movie scare you? You know, like I'm I got over my fear of clowns as a child because I saw killer clowns from outer space. But then I know plenty of people that are like, I can't fucking watch clown movies because they, they have chlorophobia like it terrifies them. So that concept and i heard this with texas chainsaw massacre well it wasn't scary well are you scared of leatherface did they, did those movies frighten you because if they did okay then i can see the problem but if they didn't why would you expect this one to and one of the people in particular i saw bitching about it on facebook has always said like the texas chainsaw massacre movies have made them laugh so i'm like why would you expect this one to scare you if you're always laughing at the property anyway <laughs> like i hate that i hate that mentality 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. And right. Definitely subjective. Like I, I don't believe in ghosts. They're not real. But I love mm. ghost movies because for some reason they scare me. You know, they. Right. I, I get well, not scared necessarily, but like I get like the goosebumps. You know, I get freaked out, and I, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't want you don't want to like sit in the darkness. You know, they, I, they can, you can, you know, even something like Paranormal Activity, which is not a good movie, mm. but like you know, there's enough atmosphere there to kind of give me the willies. You know, and. But I, I'm not scared by clowns. I'm not scared by body horror stuff like, you know, Saw and Hostel or whatever. And, you know, yeah, yeah I, I've always thought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies were were maybe not funny, but like just a spectacle, you know, yeah. and not scary in any way. And, you know, I love Friday the 13th, but Jason's not scary, really, other than, you know, he has a little, little bit of that, you know, that boogeyman uh, type of atmosphere that, you know, I get the same kind of feeling from ghosts, you know, the sort of, yeah. you know, the, the, the faceless thing in the darkness, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but are they scary? No, but I don't, yeah, I don't understand the mentality either because we're on a totally different topic now, but yeah, right. I, I don't think horror movies need, do they need to be scary? Like, I, I, honestly, no. I never, I never really thought of a horror movie as like, I don't, I, I don't really think that fright is a necessity. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you, you put it in there and if someone gets freaked out, it's like bonus, but yeah. it's like, is it really, I don't think that it's required in the way that like, if you make a comedy and nobody laughs, you haven't made a comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you, failed. <laughs> you have failed. But if you make a horror movie and nobody's scared, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you failed because right. it could be awesome for lots of other reasons. You know, like well, Shaun the Dead is not a scary movie. You know, Return of the Living right. Dead is not a scary movie, but they're just awesome. Well, and that's the thing. I, I tried to explain this because I, I have a few friends that that when they bring up horror movies in particular, they, they kind of talk about how, well, I don't get scared by them. And I'm like, I don't think any horror fan really gets scared by horror movies in the way we did as children. You know, I think once you're an adult, it's hard to watch a movie that like genuinely scares you and sticks with you and makes you like scared of the dark type of thing. Like, yeah, you can jump, you can be like, Oh wow, that was freaky. Or in the moment be like, Oh fuck, that's messed up. But it's not going to like ruin your day. You know, I look at horror movies the same way I look at a roller coaster. Like, I know I'm safe on the roller coaster. Like, I'm, but still, that first drop is going to give you the, 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 the little weird stomach feeling where you're like, oh, God, you know, like you're going to have that thrill ride while still being safe. And some horror movies that have moments that freak me out, it's that exact feeling of just like, oh, shit, you know, and you kind of jump a little and kind of giggle. And the new Texas Chainsaw had a moment like that for me where I saw it coming. It was telegraphed a mile away. But when it happened, I still like it was a knee jerk reaction. I jumped and I kind of laughed about it, like immediately following that jump. So <clears throat> pardon me. I think uh, with, with with fear in particular, like I said, fear is subjective, but it's very hard for me to be to be scared after the fact. Um, only a few movies stick with me. And like Midsummer was one that stuck with me and not for a fear factor, but more or less the fucked up factor. <laughs> like I won't say what it was but there was a scene in that film that really disturbed me and what disturbed me moreover was how people reacted to it in the theater because i saw it in a packed theater and their reactions mm -hmm. were laughter and giggling and thinking it was funny and it was like to me it was this really horrific thing on the screen and i'm like oh yeah that's really not funny oh my god like and i was just really uncomfortable after that <laughs> so 
that's an example of something that stuck with me after the fact. But usually it's like after the movie credits roll, I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. But yeah, we've gone on a weird tangent. <laughs> that's OK. But you didn't spoil Midsummer for anyone who hasn't seen it. So good. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even though it's been out for a long time. So, yeah, this has been good, though. I'm, I'm glad we had this had this chance, this chance to chat. And uh, before we run, you know, too long over an hour, I think uh, let's wrap it up and let's let's save. Let's save some of these other topics we mentioned for the next rental rant. So, hey, hey, Mike, uh, we are part of an art collective of podcasters, artists, photographers, sculptors, you name it, um, called Rad Pantheon. And you can check out a lot of cool stuff at radpantheon.com. But we've decided that we should start going into some specifics on exactly who and what is a part of red pantheon so starting now going forward on our rental rant episodes we are going to have a rad panther profile on one of our members so uh I'm, which one is it today uh mike who are we starting off with uh, well, we're going to start off with So It's Come to This, a Simpsons family podcast. Uh, if you guys like The Simpsons, or hell, even if you don't like The Simpsons, like it's still a really fun show to listen to. Uh, Brian and Corey and their kids are, are great hosts. It's uh, a very lighthearted, family-friendly show. Always funny. Like I've, I haven't watched The Simpsons personally in, good God, probably a decade with any regularity. Um, but I still love the show. Like I listen to the show, I always have a good time laughing. They're they're awesome, uh, awesome podcast group. I don't even. They, I think they're over fifty episodes at this point. I kind of lost track, but yeah, they, they got quite a quite a library out. They've been doing it for a while. Definitely worth your time to check out. Um, they're like Josh said, part of the uh, Red Pantheon, so you can go find them there. Um, they they are all over the social media, like Facebook. I want to say it, it's it's just so it's come to this. Um, with Instagram, it's so it's come to this underscore pod. But all of those links are on Red Pantheon, so definitely go to Red Pantheon, look up so it's come to this, a Simpsons family podcast, and check it out. It is safe for work. So unlike this show and and my show, The Boogeyman's Closet and Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, um, which are not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a lot no. of swearing and vulgarity, but that one is nice and family friendly. Yeah, yeah. Go tell, go tell all your friends to check out. So it's come to this, and even if they are have not recently watched The Simpsons or been a big Simpsons fan, like you, Mike, I haven't watched The Simpsons with any regularity for a very long time, or really at all for a really long time until I started listening to. So it's come to this when uh, I had heard that you and Susie and Maurice, the Boogeyman's Closet crew, were guest uh, stars on an episode i listened to it i really enjoyed the episode i ended up going on watching the show's streaming i watched some more episodes just kind of loving the nostalgia of it i showed my uh, my kids the simpsons they thought it was hilarious they'd never seen it before and so yeah we ended up watching a bunch of those like treehouse of horror episodes and some of the some of the standout like you know uh, the sort of famous episodes over the time and yeah we had a great time so we kind of got into something cool because of the podcast so yeah everyone go check it out and while you're at redpantheon.com you'll see lots of other cool stuff like comics boost and um mike you already mentioned your other podcast count creepy heads saturday morning monster mash and the boogeyman's closet and there is just a ton of other stuff there so with that i think we will let you go check it out and i will say that i am josh i'm mike and we have to return some videotapes Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff.
The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's a spoiler.